Section 56 of A Fair Mystery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gabby Cowan. A Fair Mystery by Bertha M. Clay. The Journeys of a Mother's Heart. The appointment was secure. It was hardly probable that the Earl of Linley should ask anything from the government and be refused. He was the rising man of the day, and the government was anxious for his support. He had great influence, and it was all needed. When, therefore, he made a special application for this choice bit of patronage, it was agreed on all sides that it would be most unwise to refuse it. Early was made perfectly happy. The income of eight hundred pounds a year did not seem such a great or wonderful thing to him as the fact that he was a public man, that his footing was firmly established, and that every day brought him nearer to Doris. In his simplicity he often wondered how it was that little paragraphs continually appeared in the leading papers of the day about him. One time it was to the effect that it was not generally known that Early Murray, S. recently appointed to the Royal Commission Service, was a poet with whose last work all England was delighted. Again, that Early Murray, S the poet intended to contest the borough of Anderley. He found himself continually mentioned as one of the leading men of the day, one to whom the eyes of the country turned with hope. Early could not imagine how it was, and in his perplexity he spoke of it to Lord Linley. If I did not know that it was impossible, he said, I should imagine someone was always sending little paragraphs to the newspapers about me. It is the price of celebrity, said the earl. A man who wishes to advance with the public must always keep himself before the public eye. You would be surprised how famous these little paragraphs, as you call them, have made you already. People often ask me about early Murray you will be a greater name than this some day and you will wonder how you have acquired it in the meantime he was wonderfully happy he was not to commence his engagement until the middle of april and the earl insisted upon it that he should continue at linley court lessons in social life are as needful as any others said lord linley you cannot do better for the next few weeks than spend as much time as possible with Lady Estelle. I will introduce you to the chief magnates of the county, and so you will be acquiring knowledge of one kind, if not of another. The next great event was a visit from the Duke and Duchess of Downsbury to Linley Court. The Duke had long desired to go but the duchess prouder than himself constantly refused at last curiosity prevailed 
lord linleigh wrote such glowing accounts of his happiness and such descriptions of the beauty of his daughter and the happiness of his wife that it was not in human nature to keep away any longer then indeed was lady doris puzzled the countess seemed to have but one anxiety it was not for herself at all but for lord linleigh's daughter that she should look beautiful that they should admire her that she should make the most favourable impression on them seemed to be her sole desire the young beauty was highly amused at it they were talking one morning and lady estelle held a long shining tress of doris hair in her hand i hope she said suddenly the duchess will admire your hair doris to you lady linleigh was the reply with a little raising of the eyebrows i am not very anxious about it myself my darling said the countess impulsively do not say that i want my mother to admire and to like even to love you it is very kind of you lady linleigh but it is very improbable i fancy that i remember her grace she is very tall and stately is she not with a proud high-bred face not handsome at all but very aristocratic yes said lady estelle faintly that is she then i am quite sure dear lady laneley she will not like me i must have been quite a child when you paid that memorable visit to Brankettside, but i remember her much better than i remember you and i am quite sure that she looked as though she would like to shake me but doris said the countess earnestly you must try to make the duchess like you you will try will you not my dear will you tell me why lady linleigh asked the young girl the countess grew pale and agitated do it to please me my darling because i want her to like you do it for my sake will you doris the girl laughed a loud rippling laugh that had no music in it i will do anything lady linleigh anything to please her but if my own mother were living provided that i loved her myself i should not be very anxious for any one else to love her lady estelle drew back with something like propulsion in her face you are mistaken you cannot judge it is only natural that we wish every one to love and admire what we love ourselves doris looked at her with laughing eyes i cannot see it i should like every one for instance to admire early but i do not care about any one loving him lady linleigh sat in silence for some minutes then looking up she said we will not argue over it my dear child but you will promise to be very nice to the duchess and try to win her liking certainly i promise lady linleigh tell me is the duchess a lady of great importance yes she is indeed she has much influence at court and in society then i will do all i can not only to make her like me 
but to make her speak favourably of me shall you be pleased then dear lady lindley yes she would be pleased but she owned to herself with a deep sigh that it was impossible to arouse any deep or true feeling any noble sentiment any generous idea in the girl's mind appeal to her vanity her interest her ambition you were sure to find some answer in court appeal to anything else was utterly in vain lady doris laughed to herself as the countess with something like disappointment in her face quitted the room i have heard the proverb love me love my dog she said to herself i've never heard love me love my mother still the fact that the coming visitor was a duchess and a person of very great importance the wife of one of the wealthiest dukes in england was not without its influence on her she resolved therefore to be most charming and gracious she was secretly amused at lady linley's anxiety over her dress on the day when the visitors were expected she said to her take great pains with your toilet this evening doris wear that set of pearls and rubies if the dog were a widower laughed lady doris to herself i should feel sure that the countess wanted me to make a conquest she was awed and impressed in spite of herself when she stood before the duchess of downsbury the duke she remembered well she felt no especial awe of him she could tell from the expression of his face that he thought her beautiful she was accustomed by this time to see men fall prostrate as it were before her beauty but there was something in the high-bred stately duchess before which my lady doris owned herself vanquished she did not understand the motion in lady linley's face as she led her to the duchess mamma she said in a voice that trembled this is lady doris studleigh my husband's daughter the jewelled hands of the duchess trembled as they lay for one half minute on the golden head i am pleased to see you she said you are very fair i hope you are as good as you are fair lady doris wondered why for one half minute everyone around her looked so solemn why her father's debonair face had lost its colour why lady estelle turned so hastily away why early stood looking on with a strange light in his eyes it was droll then she dismissed the thought they were all more or less sentimental and there was no accounting for sentimental people at all she was destined the same evening to feel a little more surprised there had always been the most perfect harmony and sympathy of taste between the earl and his daughter they resembled each other so closely lady doris felt half inclined to dislike the duchess her exclusiveness her hauteur owed her after a fashion that was rather disagreeable than otherwise as usual she went to the earl for sympathy 
papa she said the worst enemy her grace ever had could not call her lively she is no longer young liveliness is one of the attributes of youth you know doris yes but a little more of it would certainly not hurt her papa the earl went to his daughter and laid his hand on her shoulder doris he said i want to speak to you most particularly and i want you to pay the greatest attention to what i have to say she looked up in wonder at this preamble let me impress upon you he said that it is my earnest wish that you should treat the duke and duchess with all the respect attention and affection that lies in your power you cannot show them too much and the more you show them the better shall i be pleased they are my wife's parents i suppose thought doris he expects they will leave him a fortune however i must trim my bark according to the sea i have to sail on so she promised to show all deference all homage all respect she did so the duke admired her beyond everything he thought her one of the most beautiful most graceful one of the cleverest girls he had ever met but the duchess did not like her she had never forgotten her first impression that the girl was both vain and wanting in goodness she tried to like her to make the most of her beauty her talent but there was no real warmth in her heart toward her daughter's child early on the contrary won her honest liking in her own mind although she knew that doris was the daughter of lord linleigh and the descendant of the herefords she thought her inferior to early murray so this strangely assorted household remained until the time drew near when the earl thought of going to london the duke of downsbury had promised to do his best in helping to forward the fortunes of early murray he by this time had recovered from the shock his daughter's story had inflicted on him still he considered it best for many reasons that the secret should be kept lady doris wondered often how it happened that she was so great a favourite with the duke he made her costly and beautiful presents he liked to ride out with her he enjoyed watching her beautiful face your daughter is unique he said one day to lady estelle and her face grew white as she heard the words my daughter she repeated it seems so strange papa to hear that no one has ever called her my daughter before how the gentle heart yearned over her the proud young beauty in the flush of her triumph never knew she looked upon lady linley's great love for her as rather tiresome than otherwise it was annoying to her that she should be visited every evening and that the countess should study so attentively her every look and word more than once she spoke impatiently of it to early and wondered that he looked so gravely at her it seems to me she cried 
that every one studies lady linleigh a great deal more than they study me she wondered why it was that the fair proud face was always so tender for her why the calm eyes always rested on her with a loving light why the voice that never varied for others faltered and grew so loving when speaking to her once or twice it occurred to her that if her own mother had been living she could not have shown greater affection for her than did lady estelle linley chapter fifty six recorded by gabby cowan